You may be seated. Amen. As you're grabbing your seats, get your Bibles, open them to Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. This is one of my favorite passages in all of Scripture about uh, somebody coming to saving faith and them responding with believer's baptism. And so uh, I want us to head there this morning. Just to give you kind of an update of where we're heading uh, in the future, we finished our Spiritual Discipline Summer Series last week. This week is Baptism Sunday, and then next week we start a brand new sermon series in the book of Jonah, and we're going to cover the entire book. Um, and that's funny anyways, if, you, if you're familiar with the book of Jonah, it's very, very short. Um, so we'll cover the whole book in five weeks. That, that's one of my favorite ways to cover an entire book in the Bible. So five weeks on Jonah. We're going to talk about what it means to have a missional mindset, and we're going to have the opportunity to highlight all the things that God is doing um, in and through Fellowship Olathe in regards to missions. And so you're going to hear from several of our missions partners through this, and so we're really, really looking forward to it. It's going to be a fantastic five weeks. But before then, we're going to spend this morning talking about the importance of baptism, all right? And so as I said, uh, we're going to go to Acts chapter 8. So if you would, Acts chapter 8, verses 26 through 38. I want to read this story to you, one of my favorites in Scripture, as I said. And then we're going to unpack this morning what baptism is and we'll answer several questions. In fact, we'll answer four very specific questions in regards to baptism before uh, we close and end this morning. And so uh, start reading with me, if you would, in Acts chapter 8, verse 26. Verse 26, it says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go towards the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and he went. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all of her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship. When he was returning, seated on his chariot, he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I unless somebody guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of scripture that he was reading was this, like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter and like a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, About whom, I ask you, does this prophet say this? About himself or someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth, beginning with this scripture, and he told him the good news about Jesus. As they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here's water. What prevents me from being baptized? He commanded the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. Let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you so much for your word. God, that we ask that this morning when we talk about baptism, God, that you would help us to understand what it is and its significance. God, I pray that you would uh, move in every single person's heart and mind in a very specific way today. God, we, we request of you that you help us to know if we have a relationship with you, God, and if we should be baptized. And so I ask that on behalf of everyone in this room, God, that you would begin to move and work in their hearts and minds. God, give them clarity. 
and direction, God. I pray that you would also give them courage and boldness to respond in whatever way you ask them to respond this morning, God, whether that's by coming to saving faith in you and professing their sins and receiving forgiveness for the very first time, or if that is being baptized in believer's baptism uh, in you. And so, Father, I pray that you would move very specifically this morning. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. All right, as I said, we're going to answer four very specific questions this morning in regards uh, to baptism, and we're going to start with the most basic of all the questions, and the first one is this. What is baptism? What, what is it, and why, it is, why is it so significant? So let's start here. A very basic definition for us this morning in regards to baptism is this, that baptism is the immersion of a believer in Jesus Christ in water. All right, And I want to emphasize believer in Jesus Christ because as a church, we hold to believer's baptism. So here at Fellowship Aletha, we believe that your baptism is by immersion in water, but it also requires you to have a relationship with Jesus Christ first, right? And so that's the emphasis that you have done those things in that order specifically, that there's been a time in your life when, when you've realized that Jesus Christ is your only hope, that you're a sinner, that you've asked him to forgive you of your sins and be the Lord of your life, that you've made that kind of personal uh, profession of faith in Jesus Christ and then respond in believer's baptism. And then that's important because of our understanding of baptism. Uh, when I was about uh, six or seven years old, uh, my parents and grandparents took me to this little church and I went to a vacation Bible school for the very first time. And it was at that vacation Bible school that I heard about Jesus and all those things. But we had the opportunity uh, to get baptized at the end of that. And they asked if anybody wanted to do that. And at the time, I didn't know if I wanted to do that or not. But several people around me seemed to want to do it. And so I decided I wanted to do it as well, right? And so I went ahead and was baptized. But realized later on in life that I really hadn't made a decision to follow Christ. I didn't understand what it meant to be a sinner. I didn't understand what it meant for him to provide me with forgiveness of that sin and salvation. And so later on, when I was 16 years old, I gave my heart and life to Jesus Christ on a mission trip, of all things. Uh, God had to take me on a mission trip to, to reveal to me my need for him, which I'm eternally grateful for. But when I came home, I had to wrestle with this idea of baptism, right? Because why? Because I've already done that. I, at some point in my life, I had already been baptized. But having a better understanding and talking with my parents and talking with my student pastor, I came to the realization that if what we believe is believer's baptism, then I need to be baptized again. Because I need to be baptized post conversion or after I've given my relation or my life to, to Jesus. And I hadn't done that yet when I was six. So even though I had been baptized, I got baptized again, not because it takes twice, right? But because I recognized that the order of things mattered and, and, and what we believe about baptism here at this church is that is that you should be a follower of Jesus first. So when we talk about baptism, what is it? We, we want to talk about it in terms of believer's baptism. Like I said, it's immersion of a believer in Jesus Christ in water. So beyond that, what is it? Well, we believe that baptism is symbolic, okay? So uh, if you were to ask me, is, it, is baptism required for salvation? The simple answer to that is no, absolutely not. Uh, we see that in Scripture, the thief on the cross. Jesus tells him, you'll be with me today in paradise, and there was no opportunity for him to be baptized after coming to saving faith, right? And so we, we recognize that it's not required for salvation, but it is symbolic 
of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. You see this in Romans chapter 6, verse 4. Therefore, we've been buried with him through baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too may walk in newness of life. You may have even heard that uh, in the past if you witnessed a baptism. A lot of pastors will even say that. Buried with Christ in his baptism, raised to walk in newness of life. That is Romans chapter 6, verses 4, right? And so why is that significant? Well, it's significant because what you are doing when you're being baptized is setting a physical example on the outside of what Jesus has done spiritually on the inside, right? So when we talk about the death and burial and resurrection, we're saying this is an outward symbol of what Jesus has done on the inside spiritually, right? And so that's why it's so significant. So baptism demonstrates to everyone watching that your old way of life is dead and buried and your new life with Jesus Christ has now begun, okay? So that's, that's, that's the answer to the question, what is baptism? It's, it's, a symbol, it's symbolic of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And for us here at this church, it's for believers. We believe in believers' baptism. All right, next question. Why should I be baptized? All right, so there's two real simple um, reasons that I have here for why one should be baptized. Number one is this, that baptism shows obedience to God's commands. All right, we see that in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. We've talked about it before. This is the Great Commission. This is from Jesus himself. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, right? And so this is part of the command giving us to... Uh, to us by Jesus, right? It's part of our one job as believers. So not only uh, share the good news of Jesus Christ with people, but once people come to saving faith, encourage them for baptism, much like you saw in Acts chapter 8. That was the series of events, right? We see God's heart for this Ethiopian eunuch. We see how he uses Philip to take the good news of the gospel to him and answer any questions that he has. And then we see him as part of his baptism in response to his faith in Jesus Christ. And so why should I be baptized? Well, it starts with obedience to God's command. It's our first act of obedience post-conversion. Number two on here is that baptism is your public testimony of faith in Jesus Christ. I talked about this last week, and some of you, you've been around church long enough that maybe you're like, wait a second, I thought, I thought your profession of faith, your public profession of faith was the Sunday morning that you walked the aisle and you told people that you gave your heart and life to Jesus. And that can be a public profession of faith, but in the New Testament, that's not how they were rolling, right? Like, that's not how things were going. Their public profession of faith was their baptism. All right, and so it's, it's, it's encouraging for us to know the same thing. So why should I be baptized? Well, because it's me publicly going with Jesus, right? We saw this in our text, the desire and joy connected to the believing in Jesus Christ and the desire and joy to be baptized, right? The Ethiopian eunuch gives his life to Jesus, and he says, listen, I see water. What would keep me from being baptized right now? Because he wants to go public, with his decision to follow Jesus, right? And make no mistake about it, in the New Testament, this was a very public act. We would consider it public this morning if you were baptized over here because of all the people in the room. But think, think in terms of the believer in the first century, right? To, to go with Jesus Christ and to demonstrate your following after him through a public baptism was a big deal. I mean, you were doing this outside, I mean, imagine if we did this in one of the fountains around Kansas City or a lake or a river around here where, where people are walking by all the time and they would be like, hey, hey, Jerry, did I see you get baptized yesterday? 
Like I was walking by the Jordan River and I, I swear I saw you. You know, like there, there, you got to just own that, right? Like cause it's that public, right? But it's a public testimony. It's going public with something. There is no secret discipleship. In fact, the New Testament church knows nothing of a follower of Jesus Christ that's unwilling to be baptized as a public proclamation of their faith in him. The New Testament doesn't know anything about that. No secret discipleship. Like I said, it's going public. And we, we understand that. Like, how many of you, uh, you guys know this about me. I say it all the time. But, like, we're, we're not secret about, like, things that we're uh, fans of or things that, that mean a lot to us, right? In fact, chiefs are just starting. And you can already tell, like, the world is beginning to shut down around here again, Right? over a couple guys out on a field throwing around a pigskin, right? And, and we, have, we have no problem going public with that, right? And, but the idea is here is that you're going uh, public with Jesus, all right? Baptism's not an optional add-on, but rather an obligation and acknowledgement of repentance to following Jesus Christ. So when we answer the question, why should I be baptized, let's start with obedience to God and then recognize that it is our public profession of faith in Jesus. We're going public with our relationship with him. And then I would even submit to you this. Maybe this is a better question. Instead of asking, why should I be baptized? The better question might be this. Why would I not be baptized? If I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, and I recognize all that he's done for me, what would be keeping me from doing this? All right, next question. How should I be baptized? Well, I've already talked about this briefly, but let's talk about it a little bit more in depth. As when we talk about immersion, what's so significant about baptism by immersion for us here at Fellowship Olathe? Well, if you go back to the original languages in the Greek, the word baptizo means or is, is, is interpreted to plunge, dip, or immerse, right? So that's where our emphasis on immersion, baptism by immersion comes from. We don't, we don't see examples in Scripture that you would sprinkle or do any sort of baptism that, that is apart from total immersion in the water. So remember, this is all linked to the symbolism. It's symbolic of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So the only mode of baptism that's symbolic of this is full immersion into the water. We see this in a couple places, just a couple examples in Scripture. Mark chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. It says, John appeared, baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. That out to him is literally out to him into the river, right? And so we see the same thing in Mark chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. This is Jesus himself. It says, in those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And so all of the translations that we find in the New Testament, when they use the word baptism, it's baptizo, which is to plunge or immerse or dip. All right, and so that's the imagery that we're supposed to have with us. Anytime we run across that word that this person was baptized, it's a baptism by immersion, completely underwater, back out again. So when we answer the question, how should I be baptized? The answer is this, by immersion, right? Now, I'm not here today to diminish any previous experience that you might have with baptism. We have conversations with people all the time that have a baptism experience in their past that wasn't by immersion. And most often, 
that experience is related to something that happened when you were very young, either a, a, an infant or a child. Um, so, so baby baptisms and those types of things, they're, they're typically a sprinkling. And, and I'm not here to diminish that this morning. I'm just here to help you understand that that's not what we're talking about for two reasons, right? Remember, we're talking about believer's baptism, meaning that you come to saving faith in Jesus Christ, which, by the way, you cannot just always be a believer, I sometimes hear that. That's not biblical. At some point in your life, you have to come to saving faith, right? You recognize that you are a sinner, and you cannot do that as an infant, right? And then the other part of that, again, is by immersion. So we're saying that if you were sprinkled as a baby, I'm not here to tell you this morning that that's not a part of, of your past, and I'm not here to diminish that, okay? I'm just simply telling you that if you haven't been baptized by immersion because you were baptized as an infant, I want to encourage you to still be baptized because you want to experience biblical baptism by immersion post-conversion in Jesus Christ, all right? So how you should be baptized is by immersion, all right? Next one. When should I be baptized? And this is the easiest one to answer. The best answer is immediately, right? So as soon as you come to saving faith, we see this all throughout the New Testament as well, that people would come to saving faith in Christ and then they'd be baptized. We even see this on a day of Pentecost and all kinds of other things. When 3,000 believers, by the way, Pastor Brown, could you imagine and Pastor Travis baptizing 3,000 people? Uh, that'd be tiring, right? But it'd be exciting, but it'd be tiring. But we see that Peter stands up, he gives a charge, and then it, the Bible actually tells us that then they are baptized, right? And so that's the, that's the process in which, just like the Ethiopian eunuch, he comes to saving faith in Jesus. He's like, hey, listen, there's water right over there. There's some uh, pond, some farmer's pond right there. Like, can we use that? Uh, sure, let's go. So they stop the chariot, and he's baptized immediately. Why? Because it's, a, it's an immediate demonstration, public demonstration of you believing in Jesus Christ, all right? And so, again, when should I be baptized? The answer is without delay, all right? So which brings us to this morning. So here in a second, we are going to give an invitation, and we are going to ask you to consider whether or not you need to be baptized. And I want to encourage you to think about being baptized immediately right here today if you need to do so. So a couple of things that I want you to be aware of. Number one is we've, we've tried to think through all the stuff that you'll need, and we're trying to eliminate that as a hurdle to you because I know some of you are going, man, I'm, I've got like my button-up shirt on right now. Like I'm, I'm not getting baptized, and what would I wear home? And hey, listen, we've got all the clothes that you'll need in all the sizes back here in a room, okay? So, so we've taken care of that part. Pastor Brian and I were also talking about some of you are like, man, I can't get baptized because grandma would kill me if she wasn't here to witness it. Here, here's the good news. We've got a camera rolling in the back right now. We videotape every baptism. Did you know that? We videotape every single baptism that's here so that you will always have that to be able to keep. And we give it to you in a DVD, right? So, so we've, we've got all of these things covered for you. So we're just trying to eliminate hurdles. So if you're here this morning and you know at some point in my life I've come to saving faith in Jesus Christ and I need to be baptized, this morning is for you, okay? So when we go into the invitation, I want you to walk this aisle and I want you to tell us, listen, I need to be baptized. And we're not here this morning to judge you or do anything in regards to all that. We're just simply going to celebrate with you that you've responded in obedience 
to God and that you want to go public with your relationship with Jesus Christ via baptism by immersion, all right? So here's a couple things. Who, who, who needs to respond to this? If you've never been baptized after coming to saving in faith in Jesus Christ, today is for you. Maybe for some of you, your testimony sounds a lot like mine and Pastor Travis's, where you've got your baptism out of order. Maybe you were baptized when you were five or six years old, and then you gave your life to Jesus Christ when you were 20, and you've never been baptized again after that. This morning's for you, too, because we want you to get that order right. If you've never been baptized by immersion, maybe you've given your heart and life to Jesus, but you've never been baptized again because, like I said, you were baptized as an infant. You just didn't know, should I be baptized again or not? The answer is yes. Believer's baptism this morning by immersion. So today is for you, if that's you, or if you've just been putting it off. Listen, I understand. I get that. We have conversations with people all the time, and here's what the crazy part is. You always feel like you're the only one that's put it off, and you're not. We talk to people all the time that, man, I gave my heart and life to Jesus decades ago, and I was never baptized. Well, let's get that, let's get that right this morning. So if you've just been putting it off and you need to be baptized, listen, we, we've got the clothes, we've got the stuff, we've got the video, we've got, we've got that full of water and it's warm. Right, Pastor? Okay, he's saying it's warm. But, but this is just an opportunity this morning. And as you know, here at Fellowship of if you ever need to have a conversation with us about baptism, we will baptize you any Sunday. But this morning, we wanted you to hear from Scripture, what is baptism? We like doing this once a year just to give us a better understanding and to give you an opportunity to respond in faithful obedience to the Lord, all right? So I'm going to pray, and then when I'm done praying, it's going to be an opportunity for you to respond. So I want you right now, go ahead and bow your head and close your eyes, and I want you thinking through, man, is, is this morning for me? Am I one of the people that need to respond to this this morning? Like maybe my baptism's out of order. Maybe I've just never been baptized. Or maybe I was baptized as a baby and I haven't since I've come to saving faith. I want you to be asking yourself that question. Is this for me this morning? And God, what would you have me do? Should I go forward? Should I talk? And let's, let me encourage you to do that. Come have a conversation with us. We've even got people to talk you through every step of the way this morning. I said, we've tried to eliminate every single hurdle because we understand it's a big decision. We don't want anything else to get in the way of that. Father, thank you for your word. God, thank you for just all that you've done. God, thank you for salvation so that we might experience forgiveness of our sins in a relationship with you, God. Father, I pray that for every person in the room that has that relationship with you, that we can also say that I've followed in obedience and believer's baptism. And if not, God, I pray that you would impress upon their hearts this morning to act with boldness and courage, God, to respond to this invitation and say, listen, I want to go public with my relationship with Jesus Christ. I want to follow God in, in, in obedience on this issue. I want to be baptized today. So God, you move very specifically in everyone's heart and mind. And we pray this in Christ's name, amen.